As an Ojibwe woman with Muslim faith, Megan Kalk is a minority within a minority. The 31-year-old from St. Cloud has spent the past 15 years discovering the intersections between these two identities in her own life. Megan's story was the focus of a recent Sahan Journal article that intrigued us, so we have called up Megan Kalk. Welcome to the program, Megan. Hi, thanks for having me today. Thanks for being here. The obvious first question that pops into my head is, what drew you to Islam? Did you seek it out? So for me, exploring faiths um, in my family was a very normal thing. Um, I had, you know, uh, my dad grew up Roman Catholic, as a lot of Native Americans from the mid-20th century do. So um, he grew up Roman Catholic and also um, with those tribal traditions. And then I had a Southern Baptist mother who grew up, uh, who started dabbling in some New Age religion um, stuff. So I would say that kind of, um, the, my parents kind of dabbling in different religions was something that kind of inspired me to look around for what was important to me. Um, so I would say around 16, um, just kind of reading, I, I just read about, about every religion that was out there in the world. Um, so I just, I kept coming back to Islam because of the simplicity of it. And as I got older, I've kind of started to integrate both my tribal beliefs and Islam together. Mm. So you have a background of seeking and exploring in your family. I'm wondering, what are the connections between Islam and Ojibwe beliefs? So I would say the the main connection is that both of them believe in a in a single a single God that kind of controls everything. Um, one really interesting thing that I like that is a parallel between a lot of Native Native American beliefs and Islam is environmentalism. I think we see, it might be considered a stereotype that Native Americans are very environmentalist, but in a lot of their cultures, the environment is very important. A lot of people don't know that in Islam, the environment is also very important. So um, I, the strong environmentalism in both of them is another crossover. Um, taking care of the earth um, is, is something that really kind of also drew me to Islam and was kind of some of the first things that allowed me allowed me to start drawing those connections. Mm-hmm. So some connections, uh, any conflicts between the two? Yeah, I would say there's, there's a lot of conflicts. Um, and Islam, God is more kind of involved in your life, kind of watching everything you're doing. Um, in, in the Ojibwe religion, God is there, but he's, he, he's a little more detached, I would say not, not detached, but it's it's a bit different than the Abrahamic religions where, you know, God is kind of watching your every move. Um, a big conflict and one of the most visible things about the Islamic religion for women is the hijab, which is very, um, it can be, um, it, can, it can be very in conflict with um, the, the Ojibwe religion. Um, so in the Ojibwe religion, you know, your hair is considered an extension of your soul it's considered um, sacred. So to display your hair is to be proud of yourself and to be br- proud of your culture. In Islam, it's a sign of modesty to, to cover your hair. Um, so the hijab um, has been a very calm, you know, it's it's very, provide. It's, it's a lot of conflict, I would say. Um, so for me, I would say, you would probably call me a part-time hijabi um, there are times where I don't wear it um, for certain, I guess, tribal 
um, cultural events on, on my reservation where I'm from, the Mille Lacs Indian Reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, so for funerals um, in certain kind of uh, sweat lodge, I wouldn't wear something like that. Um, it, it tends to, I would say the older generation can be a little bit more offended by it. Um, so it's one thing I kind of try to keep separate. What's been the reaction from the Ojibwe community when they learn about your Muslim beliefs? And vice versa, um, say, for that matter, and vice versa. Yeah, I, I would say for the Ojibwe community, um, you know, for Native American communities, they've been kind of being destroyed for the past two centuries in some way or another. Um, for our for our um, reservation, we weren't allowed to do any hunting, gathering, um, anything like that until like the 80s or 90s. Um, and kind of do our traditional things. So kind of anything that was foreign, we're kind of anything that was foreign, whether that was Catholicism or anything European way of doing things was kind of like, not necessarily shunned, but if it was, if it was in conflict, it was, it was kind of shunned. So I would say it's been a little more difficult with the Native American community, especially as we're in an age of trying to revitalize our culture. We're trying to preserve our language, our culture. So Islam in some ways represents all of those things that came across the Atlantic Ocean that destroyed the cultures as over the years. So I would say it's been a little bit more difficult finding acceptance within the Native American community than it has been with the Muslim community. The Muslim community has always been very welcoming, um, I guess, to anybody because Islam is a very, um, it's a faith that um, I guess I would say it, it, it encourages conversion of people. So therefore they welcome converts of any background. Um, mm-hmm. however, I know that there are things about that I would do in my Ojibwe religion that would be of conflict. So certain, um, certain tribal things, certain tribal rituals would probably be in conflict with Islam. Um, for example, I'll just give the example of the Ojibwe prayer we use, um, we take tobacco and we go and put it out under a tree and we say a prayer. So that tobacco, using that tobacco as kind of like a, an in-between as a prayer is something that is, is not allowed in Islam, but it's something that it's important to me to preserve. So I guess I'm not, I will never find total acceptance, I think, in either one of them, but that's okay with me because there's always a subsection in each of those groups that will accept you for what you do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm listening to you talk and it sounds like, and I've never met you before until today, that you found maybe you're living your authentic self because you do have your feet in both of these worlds and you feel, it sounds like you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It took many years of trying to feel comfortable. It took, you know, how do I, I mean, if we talk about Islam, Islam looks different from country to country. It looks different in Morocco than it does in India. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way that the clothing and the the foods that people eat. And in my early years of becoming a Muslim, it was like, what, what is the community around me, which was particularly the Somali community here in Minnesota? And is that what Islam is? And is that what I have to conform to. And for many years, it was trying to conform to that, that way of dress, um, eating those foods. And then I kind of started to realize, you know, that Islam is very diverse, not only throughout cultures, but throughout, throughout the hundreds of years that it's been around, Islam has evolved 
in different communities in different places around the world, different customs. Um, so I would say it has taken some time to find my authentic way and practicing of both of those. Um, but I have found it. I, I have found it. It's taken a long time, um, but it's doable. Final question for you before we go. I know you have a daughter. Are you raising her with both beliefs, both belief sets? I am raising her with both belief belief sets, um, but I would not say that I'm pushing one or the other onto her. Um, so if she kind of follows the same path that I did, you know, at, at 18, kind of exploring religions and trying to find out what works for her, that's just fine with me. Although I would like her to remember where her roots and where she came from. Um, so I would like her to go up to the reservation and continue to do wild racing and continue to do sweat lodges and continue to do, uh, you know, fishing and and all of those traditional activities. Also to remember her Islamic, you know, the whole reason she was born, the whole reason she was alive, is alive today is because I converted to Islam. If I did not convert to Islam, I would not have her today. So hmm. I would like her to remember her roots. All right. Interesting conversation, Megan. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you so much. Megan Kalk's been with us, sharing how she combines her Ojibwe and Muslim identities. You can read more about her story, by the way, at sahanjournal.com.